yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anybody in the Rams is like really into Halloween. You know, like Whitworth is Andrew Whitworth just yeah, because he's Titan. Yep, he's clearly is. Awesome. Yeah, he seems like he gets into all the holidays. Like he he wears the Christmas sweaters. How little interest does Sean McVay have in holidays? Like that's taking away time from work and tape study. And co- just like we were talking about with NFL head coach, of the game, he loves it. He loves breaking things down into three minute segments and Holloway's take away so many of those. That's true. That's true. Or, or they don't like, he's just a character in a Christmas movie where there's zero percent chance Christmas of that day and he is working and he is not paying any attention to his, it's, it's his girlfriend still, right? And not his wife, he, fiance, fiance, fiance. This um, yeah, I, I I really doubt that he will watch any Christmas movies this year. No. Do you, th- do you think? Do you, he won't admit it because he doesn't want. He, this is how much of a head coach he doesn't want to disrupt the locker room or whatever. But do you think like a little piece of him gets upset that his other coaches aren't answering their phone on Christmas Day at six thirty a.m. to talk about the game plan? Uh for sure, one hundred percent. What are these guys um, doing? The, it's it's already six thirty. They they should have been awake for hours. You know, like Hollywood's kind of like that too. Like I used to get notes when I was working for this big producer on this project a couple of years ago, and they literally had notes given to me on Christmas Day, and kind of get a follow up email like, "Hey, where's the? You know, did you did you send it back to me? Did you did you get a chance to get, you know to make that revision?" And you're like, "Well, I don't know. I'm having Christmas dinner with my family." <laughs> But I'll get it to you with ASAP. He's like, all right, cool. What's the uh, what's the name of the Hallmark movie about McVeigh? Like, um, he's so obsessed, and then he realizes the spirit of the season. The game doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is winning the Christmas game. It's like the fourth down of Christmas. Fourth and Christmas. Fourth and Christmas. There you go. You did it. <laughs> I want to watch Hallmark Channel. I do too. <laughs> I would. Um, something we both watched that maybe we did. Oh, intro. Sorry. Uh, Robbo just got back. I've seen evidence he's back from Europe. We're going to bring him in next time. That would be Robbo at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. But tonight it's me at 3K underscore and Joey the Jerk at LA Rams Earth Rams. What up, JoJo? What's going on? Fourth and Christmas starring Kevin Costner. Who plays Sean McVay? Uh, yeah, Costner. I, I don't think old. you can make football movies uh, anymore without. <laughs> yeah, it, does Sean McVay suddenly become a fifty-five-year-old head coach just so that Costner can play him? What's uh What's uh-huh. that guy from? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Charlie. Uh, Charlie oh, Day. Yeah, Charlie Day. Yeah. He, he would be a funny McVay. Yeah. Um, Br- Bradley Bradley Cooper's too old, but he could probably nail it pretty well. Pretty Bradley good. Cooper's like a drunk McVay. There's a game. Thursday night football. Mm. The Rams versus the Seahawks in Seattle. And what was the line? Who was – I think Vegas had the Rams by one. One, one and a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me, ask, let me ask you this. One – do it one, two, or three. I don't care how many words, but one, two, or three. What's your, what's your feeling? What's your reaction now that you've had some time to digest this? Surprisingly encouraged. Yeah. Un- uncomfortably comfortable. You know what's interesting is I feel like that is a common reaction with a lot of Rams fans, but it's funny when you kind of jump outside of the bubble and you see what people are saying. I, I saw an article that the, it was written on field goals. 
yeah. about you know, something like Jared the Bob or something yeah. like that. And yeah. I think other people are, are kind of, you know, referring to the Rams as just this husk of a team, just this like carcass on the side of the road that everybody else in the NFL West can just drive past on the way to victory. <laughs> that is not a Hallmark movie I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> just called Empty Husk. With, Body on the shoulder. <laughs> with Paul Giamatti. <laughs> that was very good casting on the fly. Very good. Yeah. Um. So, I mean... I th- I think I think it's 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 interesting because I, we were so like um, our nerves were shot or wh- what whatever the negative feeling coming out of the Tampa Bay game was way worse. Of, was I think way a lot worse. of people were just thinking like, it's just going to be another nightmare. It's going to just be McVeigh not paying attention, not reading the room, and just still giving the ball to to Goff fifty times. And looking back in hindsight. The game plan of the first quarter, it wasn't like we scored any points, but it kind of was like a warm bath. It was like what Rams fans and the ego of Todd Gurley needed. You you want Gurley? Here, take it. (laughs) Yeah, and we got it. And he was, when did he fumble? Was that in the first quarter or the Uh, second quarter? I think that was the first, because it was really early on, wasn't it? No, it was the second. It was the second. I feel like it just, the game was kind of going at a clip. It, it felt like it really went fast. Um, it was, it was, an, it was an interesting game because there was just so many lead changes. And a lot of momentum was being thrown different ways. Um, it was a, it was a, a, a fun game to watch if you could take the emotion out of it. You know, I know Rams fans are kind of pissed right now, but I think if that if, if that's how our losses go, that's I don't know. I mean, I know people like you need to win the game. Like if you don't win, you're a loser. But um, you know, we missed the kick. It's not like we're gonna get rid of Zerline. That, that's the thing I like. It's like you had fifty nine and a half, or what, how much time was left when we kicked it? Like eight seconds. You had fifty nine minutes, fifty two seconds of football. If we make that kick, everybody did great. But since we miss it, mm-hmm. everybody did horrible. <laughs> like, wait a mm-hmm. second. No, it was the mm-hmm. same stuff. The only difference mm-hmm. was we make the kick. Um, I, th- I think the thing for me was this This was a different approach from the Buccaneers game. And clearly McVay felt some pressure to respond to whether it was because Todd Gurley was upset and wanted the ball or because he was getting publicly thrashed for not giving the ball or because well he obviously reads Tersho times Joe. or because he read Tersho times and he read articles saying hey you're ball. uh he did early and often seven of the first 14 plays were runs to Todd Gurley so yeah message received whether it didn't really work necessarily although second drive went pretty well that was a 10 play drive to get us up to 6 to nothing but to me this was really about two end of half drives for Jared Goff uh, the Rams were down 14 to 6. Uh, T- Todd Gurley had fumbled after that miracle catch and miracle throw from uh, Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett up and then the Metcalf on the blown coverage. So we're 14 to 6. They miss a field goal with about three and a half minutes left to play. And the Rams get the ball. We've got six points. Mm-hmm. We're down 14 to 6. Think about this. We're down 14 to 6. 
coming out of that Bucks game, needing to show some signs of life. And what do we get? We get an eight-play drive with Jared Goff orchestrating things down the field. Now, yeah. we, now to, I don't think there was a single run to Todd Gurley on that drive. That was Jared Goff operating the passing offense and moving down and getting the mm-hmm. touchdown to Cooper Cup, 14 to 13, right? Fast forward to the end of the game. Now, I say fast forward. There was a lot of football in between there. But you fast forward, right? Rams get that big stop. Joe Buck says, well, that's the interception. That's the end of the game. (laughs) Except for the fact that there's a two-minute warning and two timeouts, which Mm means it's quite obviously not the end of the game. And to prove that, uh, for the ball back, 29 to 30, the Rams run nine plays and get down in position to win the game. Now, I, I get it. There's a lot of football in between. But this has been a season where Jared Goff has really struggled. This was his best game of the year. And those two drives proved it. That's, I think it was you that tweeted that out, that this is what you pay this guy for is in these situations to, to make the most of it. Cause you have an opportunity to win. You make sure that you win. And in the first half, he did that. And at the end of the second half, he did that. The fact that Greg Zerline missed the kick shouldn't take away that the Rams and Jared Goff and Sean McVay mm-hmm. put themselves in position mm-hmm. to win. And it was nice to see. It's just, a, it's, it's a little bit of a, um, foreshadowing of what this season can be because we don't see a lot of and that's a good thing for, yeah that's a good thing yeah because you know we don't see golf a lot in the fourth quarter not even good or bad he just doesn't have he has a small sample size of you're down by x amount of points and the game's still winnable and he has the ball like what we saw on thursday night football i mean it's only been a handful of of opportunities do you know what i mean i i, I feel like it, that was kind of when we were watching, I was like, man, we just, we don't have a huge sample size of situations like this. And yet he executed it perfectly. We, we, mm-hmm. we had that one timeout that we had lost because of the challenge. Then the two timeouts that we spent uh, making sure that we got the ball back. So we had no timeouts and they, I mean, I hesitate to use it, but wasn't that like perfect execution to get down there and get into position? Mm-hmm. And um, during those drives, they obviously used Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, but no uh, good old Johnny Munt. Good old Johnny Munt was on the sideline having a slice of apple pie because the starting tight end for the night was young Gerald. Who's this young guy juking left and right? Why doesn't he just go down? You don't need those extra yards. Don't don't feel bad for yourself, kid. You've picked up enough. <laughs> he's, he's had some breakout games before, right? This isn't. The only time he's this had is his biggest though seven catches 136 yards this is his biggest game as a pro and it's kind of a little bit of this um long-awaited victory we've been talking about this guy for two years hoping that he could be what he was on thursday night a big target a tight end that goff can kind of use as his fourth option but like a like a big fourth option so not even thinking he's going to have numbers like this every game, but the fact that he could have numbers like that feels like it really opens up the offense. A couple stats for you. He had 11 yeah. targets. The most he had had before this was eight in a single game. He had seven receptions. The most he had had in a game before this was five. Mm-hmm. He had 136 receiving yards. The most he had had before this was 95. This was by far uh, the best game of his career. And we're at another interception at the end. It would have been a game, and it's question that the Rams re-signed Tyler Higby. Everett's got this year and next on his contract. 
how do, how are the it's a, it's a first world problem. You got Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. You're paying all these guys. Can, can the Rams spread it around in the right way, or do they just need to? Do we just need to accept it's going to be fun? this week? It was Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett, and Brandon Cooks only had one catch. Next year it might be Brandon, or next week it might be Brandon Cooks and Tyler Higby. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean that that kind of checks out. Or do or do you want to see Gerald Everett? I don't know why I want to see tight ends function in this office, but uh, offense, but I do. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where I want Tyler Higby to have this connection with Goff where you know he's getting five, six receptions a game and maybe a touchdown every other game. Yeah. And I want the same thing with Gerald Everett. I don't know why I want this because if if you have these this trio of wide receivers that are fantastic, which we have, and then now I want two ultra productive tight ends to play as well. I mean, there's not enough footballs. Especially if we have, you know, our bell cow running back, Todd Gurley. <laughs> so how do you how do you fit all that in? And you don't. So well, and that's the thing. Unless you're throwing the ball sixty eight times, right? And this this was one of the things that as we got closer to the game, I was kind of feeling it out. And I I get it. The idea that you want to balance the ball for the sake of balance is a thing. If he's throwing the ball forty nine times like he did this week, three hundred ninety five yards, had the touchdown. Uh, to Cooper Cup, we were in position to win the game this week with 49 passes and 15 runs for Todd Gurley. I don't, I don't know that the Rams need to run this much. Does that make sense? It does make sense. One thing that does not make sense to me, and I was hoping that you could explain it to me a little bit, is the way the defenses are approaching the offense now with the the the, the six man the six men on the line. Okay, so this has proven to be an effective defensive scheme against Jared Goff and the Rams, right? Like ever since the Kansas City Chiefs game, maybe they haven't been doing exactly this, but it, it's almost boiled down to this. Maybe Bel- Belichick was, a, was, was the most effective at doing this in the Super Bowl, but now it's, it's becoming this trend of, of how, to, um, how to deal with Goff. And they didn't do yeah. this much on the Thursday game. It, didn't, it, it, it felt like they were dealing more with three linebackers and they're they're letting him, um, you know, do something different. But going back to the six man um, on on the line, if that's such an effective defensing, why does it work specifically for the Rams, and why wouldn't teams do it for other teams as well? I think the main reason is because we had so much lateral motion. We did so many tosses to the outside. We did so many outside zone runs, and we had so many mm-hmm. the crotch punt. Remember where Jared Goff would sit in shotgun and just heave that mm-hmm. ball in front of his chest to whether it was Robert Woods or Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks or Tavon Austin or Farrell Cooper coming across behind the line. Mm-hmm. And it took all that away. And it said, look, either you're going to pass the ball or you're going to run inside. And we know you can't run inside because last year it was Austin Blythe and John Sullivan at right guard and, and center. This year it's Joe Noteboom at left guard and Brian Allen at center and Austin Blythe at right guard and filled in for Jamil Demby when Blythe was hurt. And essentially team saying, we, we can't let you do this normal thing because you're throwing up 30, 40, 50 points. So we've got to force you to do something else and figure out how it works. And really Vic Fangio was the first one to do that. The Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, who is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And it worked and it worked uh, pretty well, but not surprisingly, Sean McVay had a whole off season to come up with some options and he started to break that down. And w- wisely, I think he's 
maybe not thrown everything out there that could undo it because it's still early October. You know, it just like you don't want to show stuff in the preseason. You don't want to show stuff in week three and four that you need in week 16, 17 in the playoffs. Uh, but we've shown enough to kind of undo it in the fact that the Seattle Seahawks ran it less on Thursday Night Football in Week 5 than some of our earlier opponents did. I think that's not surprising. I wouldn't be surprised if the San Francisco 49ers in Week 6 get away from it even more, especially because their front seven's so good. But really what you're looking at is an offense that stretched the field horizontally to make sure that you kept guys near the sidelines so that you could work over the middle, especially to Cooper Cup and Todd Gurley. And they took that away, and we had to respond to that. And I think we've done a pretty good job in it, especially, you know, getting three good defensive performances where we could get out to 3-0. and I think that buffer was absolutely crucial because we lost these two games. I, I don't know that anybody really expected the Buccaneers loss. None of us predicted it in the preseason, right, in our preseason predictions. But to get out to 3 to nothing meant that we could incur these two losses and still be comfortable enough to have a winning record, come back home in week six and figure some things out, especially on defense and try to build on a winning record uh, moving forward. I think the question is, can we build on that defense? And that's the big challenge maybe for week six, because a, the defensive line didn't have a great game in run defense, Chris Carson and the Seahawks offensive line, they had too many four, five, six, seven yard runs that were way too easy. I know that, that, that those don't seem like highlights, but that completely undoes a defense when you're running for six yards on a running play. That's way too much. And we struggled with that. And then obviously some of the plays that we had in the um, secondary, Joey, you, you had a phrase here and I don't want to say it out loud. I kind of refuse to say it out loud. So I'm going to make you do it. Los Angeles, what has happened? I think Los Angeles has been picked. Oh, <laughs> Those plays, there's a couple plays where Akib Talib looks like The DK like Metcalf he was, touchdown. He looked oh. like he was 47 years old. Oh, the, the pass to, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Chris Carson. Who was it? The running back that they had running out the side. Yep. Nakeem Talib had no idea what he was doing or where the ball was. Or He was getting like the ball lost in the lights or something, but it looked like the mm. ball was in the air for like a million years. It wasn't quick. Yeah. And e- even even that, that wide open touchdown, that I just felt like I was like, what? This ball is just floating in the air. Anybody could grab it. I, the, 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 the secondary, the defensive backs were frustrating to watch. I think especially when you're watching the game live and the way the camera angles are sometimes is that you're just focused on the quarterback and and the and like the line of scrimmage. So you kind of can't really see what's happening out there in the secondary. So when the ball gets thrown, you're following, your eyes just trying to kind of figure out, okay, wait, what's happening? So sometimes when you just the camera finally pans over there and you're like, I keep to leave, you're killing me. Here's a question for you. Um, Akib Talib and Marcus Peters are both free agents after this season. Yeah. Would you want to to be a, are, are you sure that you want to resign either of them? Nope. I'm not sure. I'm not sure one worth that. Do you feel do you feel comfortable re, or, you know it's it's one of these things where somebody asked me we were talking about free agents on Twitter and somebody asked me, you know, how do you feel about Marcus Peters? I was like to be determined, man. We got a lot of football left this year and I think that means more than anything. You got Austin Blythe. You got Corey Littleton. Do you do you feel like the cornerbacks more than anybody have to play their way to extension? Is there any chance that they're going to re-sign Akeem Talib at his age? What do, what do you think about that setup? 
I don't think they're going to sign the keep to leave. I think he's a little bit past his sell-by date. Sure. I think Marcus Peters is more of that age that you want in a guy that's a cornerback. <laughs> but, you know, he's a little bit like what was advertised. You know, he's a ball hawk. He's going to give you some big plays. And then he's also going to kill you sometimes. And then he's going to give you that attitude. He rankled some media members because he, again, uh, refused to talk to media after the game. And I think that's – here's the thing. I, I get it. You have a game like that, and you don't feel great, and you don't want to talk to the media. You don't want the media to turn on you either because they can turn you into a scapegoat really easily. Yeah, for sure. And they did. Or they will. Everybody talks about Pat Mahomes, and look, he's the young guy, and he's playing out of his mind. Is is Russell Wilson the best quarterback in the NFL? Um, no, I, I I don't think. But I think I think right now he's maybe prove it, the, he's prove maybe it. the second. I was gonna say prove it to me. Yeah, because he's if he's not, he's pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really had any. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of stumbles. I mean, he has the Super Bowl win. Probably should have the second one. But zero interceptions this year. Zero. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. Makes me feel a little gross. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, man. I it's 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 hard because it, it changes so much. So it's you know, sometimes you get bent out of shape trying to compare these guys when sure. you know Joe Flacco could win a Super Bowl and it doesn't matter. Is Joe Flacco the best quarterback in the NFL? Prove me wrong. Right behind Eli Manning. He's right there. Neck and neck. Yeah. Right there with Mike Glennon, neck, neck and neck. <laughs> Oh, um, um, yeah, the, the only reason I mentioned that is I, kn- I know a lot of people were bent out of the shape at the fact that we gave up four passing touchdowns and, the, you know, you had some coverage issues. But the the touchdown to Tyler Lockett was a perfect example where you can do everything right, where you can you can flush a quarterback out, you can have great coverage. And sometimes it doesn't matter if they're that good. They can they can make plays and you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. They just kind of. They overdid you, and I think I, I think it was Field Goals tweeted out that Next Gen Stats suggested that was a that play when he threw the ball had a six percent chance of success. When when you've got a ninety four percent chance of success as a defense, isn't that the best you can do? You're playing against other NFL players. You're, how can you do better than a ninety four percent chance of success? That's as good as you can do, and they still didn't. You just sometimes you just got to take the L and accept that. Look. This guy's really good, man. I mean, they're not doing that to every team, though. Sure. It's not like the sure. the Seahawks are just, you know, throwing 45 points on every team and just, you know, destroying them. Very true. But it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, you think about the um, the Buccaneers and and how the, I felt like in that game that I watched when they were playing the, the Giants, they looked pretty strong. And, and everybody was like, oh, they lost. And. You know, but the Bucks are trash and they're inconsistent. And you're like, well, I mean, they lost because they missed. Then the what happened? Then they played out of their mind the next game, and <laughs> a lot of people are like, wow, they look really good against the Rams. Rams look bad. Rams lose by a point, but look pretty good against the Seahawks. So that means that the Rams are going to destroy the San Francisco 49ers next week using huh. this sort of algorithm. Joey, you're not panicking. You wrote a great piece. There's no reason to panic, right? Right. People got angry about that. If you venture into the comments of that one, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, exactly. It's, um, I love I love the the first comment. What a bullshit sugar coated. What a bullshit sugar coated. Yeah. Pour some bullshit sugar on me. In the name, in the of, name of shit. 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 Well, with with the panic, I was actually before the game happened. I was like, I'm gonna do a panic report. And whatever happens to the game, I'm going to adjust the panic. How does a panic? I like the idea of a panic report. Is it like a weather report? Mm -hmm. That's right, Richard. <laughs> Julio here with your panic report. We've got panic sweeping in oh, here over uh, San Jose. They're coming in with a panic front. You're going to want to stay off the 110 today. Panic is coming northward unless you're going to be heading west. And let's be fair to Pasadena. A lot of panic in the northeast. The valley is going to be bringing some panic in. So be careful coming in tonight, folks. You're going to want to pay attention to the map. Julia? Well, I think... You could have a – Julia, come on, Julia, get your head in the game. You could do a panic report with it's a scale of 1 to 10. Like maybe, you know, panic. A 1 is stoned on the couch watching reruns of Are You Smarter Than a Third Lord. <laughs> where, where, where a 10 is just you have filled your pants with poop. And somewhere in the middle is, is all of us. I don't think there is a middle. I think those are very similar. <laughs> it's, it's either or look we got a there's a lot of panic and poop in the pants in santa monica you want to avoid that tonight so when you're coming from hawthorne look you got to stay away from llx panic coming out of the airport tonight we'll be back to you samantha <laughs> you might be a three and two team that's my thanks joey let's go to rachel um, with the panic report coming out of Lakewood. uh <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, Rachel just shitting so, herself on camera. Um, here's the thing: we're Rachel. three and two. That's okay. Three and two is not. That, you don't have to go sixteen and zero to go to the Super Bowl. We're not two and three. We're not zero and five. Here, here's the real problem: is week six because mm -hmm. I can say that, we and we can be real about that, and everything's okay. If we lose week six, things are not okay. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, because we are currently third place in the NFC West. So maybe we don't have to worry about the Cardinals. Let's say we don't. You got the Seahawks at 4-1. and one. We'll, we'll see what happens with the 49ers this week because they're going to be playing on Monday Night Football against Cleveland. That game, could, I wouldn't bet on that game. Um, I think that if I had to guess, I would say that the Cleveland Browns have a better team than the San Francisco 49ers, but I actually haven't watched the, the Niners play this season. So I really don't know where uh, Garofalo is at. Um, and I, 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 I'm kind of judging them a lot by how they were last year, you know, just with like Kittles and, you know, I'm following their numbers and everything. But just th that's going to be a really interesting game to watch them on Monday Night Football and then to see how that's going to then correlate and how they play against us next week. Cause, I kind of hate the phrase like must win it's games. It's like, close. It's must win games. It's like, close. Okay, well, if you don't, yeah, then what happens? Close. Yeah, but you're not going to chop your arm off. I mean, the stakes aren't really that high. If you lose, then yeah, then you lost three games in a row. But it doesn't mean they can't. That doesn't mean that the Rams at three and three still can't make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl, Ooh. right? I mean, that that's the thing is with each loss, you're getting closer to that reality. At three and two, you're not there yet.
at three and three, mm-hmm. you're getting close. You, especially because we lost to the Seahawks in in this hypothetical, the 49ers in in the NFC West, where you're giving mm-hmm. them head starts. Now you get a chance to take that back when we get back at them at the end of the season. Uh, the 49ers will deal with. Mm-hmm. Was that uh, week 16 and then uh, Seahawks is week 14 sandwiched around the Cowboys. Uh, think about that, though. You, you've got the Cardinals on both sides. So the Cardinals, those have to be wins. Seahawks, Cowboys, 49ers. You go into those three games, if especially if you lose week six against the 49ers. That's your season, right? Because you've got to get to 10 wins. That's That's setting it up. And so that obscures the middle in between where you've got the Falcons, the Steelers, the Bears, the Ravens. Those are all really hard games. And yes, I'm skipping over the the Bengals because they deserve to be skipped over. But that's kind of the point, right? Where you can't, if the Rams lose this one against the 49ers, you can't make any mistakes with it. So that's why I think this one, it's not must win, but it's damn close, man. Yes. Yes, that's true. So the way I the way I do my chicken, Joe, is I'll get a skillet, put the olive oil on it, and get it, you know, medium to hot, and then you know, se- season the chicken. And then when I, I put it down on one side and cover it for one minute. On high okay? covered. On one side at high for one minute. And then after that minute, take it off, put it on low, and flip it, and then cover it, okay? What is the name of the phrase? Is it Psycho's Chicken? Just just give me a second. Oh, my well, God. For one minute. <laughs> but then you flip it, and on the other side, you have it on low for 10 minutes covered. <laughs> then after 10 minutes, just just listen. After 10 minutes, then you turn it off, and you don't peek at it. <laughs> you don't lift up the cover, and you, you just let it sit there for 10 more minutes. It works. Takes, hey, if it, it works, takes, it works. I do, I do like minutes. the extremes. I cook it on ultra high for 20 seconds, then ultra low for an hour and a half. No, that's good. As long as it works, man, that's all that matters. Yeah, but tonight it didn't work because I feel like the, <laughs> the chicken was too old. <laughs>